0: Good morning and welcome to uh, the Sunday School lesson for May the 9th, um, 2021, Um, lesson number 10, Offering Hope for the Future in the big um, print book, Um, and uh, Empty Riches Are Useless in our Sunday School uh, book. uh, we continue in the spring quarter 2021 this is unit three courageous prophets of change as we said it's lesson 10 may 9 2021 devotional reading will come from jeremiah the 29th chapter the 10th through the 14th verse background scripture will come from isaiah the 29th chapter And the print passage is Isaiah the 29th chapter 13 through 24th verse. The key verse is, They also that erred in spirit shall come to understanding, and they that murmured shall learn doctrine. Isaiah the 29th chapter and the 21st verse. The NRV version of that key verse says, Those who are wayward in spirit will gain understanding. Those who complain will accept instructions. How about that? Empty riches are useless. Again, good morning. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch Baptist Church in Tunnel Spring, um, we're located there at um, uh, 45 Church Street. We have um, parking lot service uh, today. This is the second Sunday which is uh, Mother's Day, and um, shout-out to all of the mothers, especially to the mother of um, my children, um, Miss Mary Howard, uh, to my daughter, Miss uh, Nikki, and to uh, my sister-in-law, Miss Adrienne, and to all of the mothers that are involved Mm -hmm. in my family, and to all of the mothers. Regardless of uh, your situation, um, God bless you and uh, thank you for being mothers. Um, Antioch Church, the church where everybody is somebody and Christ is the head. Reverend Wade and olive is our pastor. Sister Joyce Olive is our first lady. Miss Lisa Starwitz is our clerk. As we say, we have Sunday school um, every Sunday, normally at 9.30, but since uh, the covid has been with us, we have been broadcasting on uh, Facebook as well as on our website and we thank you all for joining us we worship services on uh, we have worship services on 2nd, 4th and 5th Sundays this is the 2nd Sunday as we said before Mother's Day normally it's at 11am but we've been doing it at 8.30 at the uh, door and in the parking lot where Pastor Oliver brings the message and our musician, Mr. Corey Robertson, uh, do the broadcasting. All right, let us begin. Empty riches are useless. How about that? Lesson aims. As results of experience in this lesson, the participants should be able to do these things. Consider how God's promise of mercy will triumph over God's judgment. Believe that the essential nature of God is forgiveness, not punishment rejoice in the manifestation of God's love in their own lives key terms for today lips this is a Hebrew word Safa speech language lip service refers to verse 13 a verbal statement of elijah's alliances, alliances not backed by action well oh, that's interesting there alliances, but no action behind it, lip service, wayward, that's a Hebrew word called ta, to error, go astray, wayward, that's, we've all done that, and sometimes we're still doing it, and some of us are wayward right now, woe, an injection, that's a Hebrew word for ho, woe, an injection After translated, woe or alas, signaling alarm or grief. All right. Why this lesson matters. Relationships suffer when humans lapse into immorality. Does immorality have consequences? Yes, it does. Isaiah prophesied that God would punish Judah for immorality, but would still be merciful and restore the nation. Look at God. God can punish you, but he can still restore you. He is going to punish evil, sin. He is going to take care of it. If you are a sinner, we are all human, you are going to be chastised by God the Father. And Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit, he's going to be taking care of you. But he will restore you. That is, if you uh, request requesting restoration and quit doing your sins. The lesson in focus. When you hear the word worship, do you envision a spacious sanctuary or makeshift space designated as a church gathering site? Do you think of a certain style of sacred music or perhaps a careful choreographed lyrical dance? Or do you imagine a busy team or person, a sound technician, dressed and blessed to set the atmosphere for worship? A study of biblical worship reveals that real worship has nothing to do with any of these aforementioned things. How about that? How about that? Yet some of them have caused much debate and disagreement among believers when it comes to worship. Sadly, many people are more interested in the form of worship than the focus of their worship those who are fixated on the form of worship debate the issues of tradition versus contemporary styles of music dress and liquid format in either camp the focus remains on from over substance form over substance that is on ritual rather than on real worship Worship is much more rhythm and rhyme and empty formalities and upbeat feeling. Real worship is about who we were served rather than how we served. When God is the only focus, real worship becomes more significant than rituals and lip service. The people of ancient Judah drafted away, drifted away rather from the focusing on God as the object of their worship. This error led to Judah's ultimate spiritual and moral decline. Although the people continued to go to the temple and participate in the riches of the faith, their hearts were not engaged in true, sincere worship. Think about what is going on now with COVID and many church doors closed to assembly inside of the physical church house. The place where you call church. Think about that. Think about that. When whether then or now, when believers are fixated on form or will focus in their worship, all their religiousness activity is reduced to nothing but useless, empty rituals. Think about what is going on today. Do you Have an idea or an inkling that God is in the midst of what's taking place? God is in the affairs of men. God is very much in the affairs of men. You do know that, don't you? God is in the affairs of men. The lesson in context. The book of Isaiah names for its author spans this prolific prophet, minister of Judah, during the reign of four of its kings. Uzziah, kings Uzziah, aka Azara, Jonathan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, Judah, had achieved political and economic success during Uzziah's reign, but the nation, morally and spiritually held, experienced a dangerous decline. Isaiah condemns Judah's empty rituals and idolatry, even though the people continue to ignore his warnings and call for repentance. Thematically, the book um, can be divided into distinct sections: judgments, as chapters one through thirty-five, and salvation, chapters forty through sixty-four, with a historical interlude in chapters thirty-six and thirty-nine. Isaiah's judgment prophecies include a series of articles or woes warning against the alliance with Egypt as a source of military help. You can see this in chapters 28 through 35. Chapter 29 is an oracle specifically addressed to Jerusalem called Arad in Isaiah 29, 1, to 7, predicting divine judgment in the former military invasion. After condemning the nation for the emptiness of their worship, Isaiah prophesied that God would restore his people after he had judged them for their sins. After After he had judged them for their sins. Open inquiry. Why did the prophet condemn Judah's worship? I'll give an example of how meaningless tradition becomes a substitute for real worship. Think about what has been happening inside of the church houses of lately and what God has done how God has expelled us from the church the physical church house rather he, the church is in our heart The real, worship is in your heart why is restoring to human wisdom a denial of God's omnipotence? Why? why okay How is God's faithfulness evident in this passage? Why is resorting to human wisdom a denial of God's omnipotence? Give an example of meaningless traditions become a substitute for real worship. Let's look at insights. Church leaders have preached, taught, and written about worship from multiple perspectives across the centuries. The church has witnessed changes from one order of or worship to another, and from focus on one style of music over another to satisfy changing trends and preferences. Sadly, heated debate and division over this correct way to worship have taken precedence over conversation regarding the true mission of the church to glorify God and to seek and save the lost. That is the purpose of the church to glorify God and to seek and save the lost. The object of real worship is not to place and satisfy the worshiper, but to please God when the focus is on how rather than who, empty riches and routine replace worship from the heart. Oh man. When the focus is on how rather than who, empty riches and routine replace worship from the heart. The preachers or the singers become the focus and God becomes a mere afterthought. Can you see it? Do you see it? Do you see it happening? Is it happening in your church? The preacher or the singer becomes the focus and God becomes a mere afterthought. Real worship does not require a special kind of music, a special physical atmosphere, or special people to lead it. Acceptable worship, the kind that honors God, begins with love and reverence for God. Worship is not just an obligatory weekly experience at church, it is a heartfelt individual and communal celebration of God's worth. Worthiness. The exploration. This week's lesson emphasized the need to embrace a biblical perspective on real worship. Believers today can see Isaiah, the 29th chapter, and the thirteenth verse, as a test for examining whether their worship practices are actually meaningful and acceptable to God. Acceptable worship does not necessarily require the most common or familiar elements of our worship traditions. Invite your class to share as you listen today. Share when your thoughts and you talk and read with aspects of the worship experience are most and least meaningful to them. Challenge yourself to examine their own understanding of worship and to honestly determine the ways in which they have been guilty of focusing on the form of worship instead of the one who deserves our worship. And the one who deserves our worship is God. God, the Father, is Jesus, the Son, the Holy Spirit, the unity, the Trinity of God. All right. God is the focus of our worship. All right. Let's begin the commentary of Isaiah, the 29th chapter the 13th through the 16th verse. For those of you that are listening, we hope that you have your Sunday school books in front of you, uh, you have your Bible, and you are ready to begin to study God's Word. All right. Wherefore the Lord said, Forasmuch as this people draw near me with their mouths and with their lips, all right, they say that they draw near to honor him, but guess what? But have removed their hearts far from me, And their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men. Um, Need to be taught by the precepts of God's Holy Spirit, the true God's word. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among these people, this people, even a marvelous work. And a wonder, for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish, and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Listen at that. Let's read that again. This is the 14th verse. Therefore, behold, I will proceed to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Do you get that? The wise men shall perish? And the prudent ones that has the real truth shall be hid. Woe unto them that seek deep or hide their counsel from God, and their works are in the dark, and they say, who seeth us and who knoweth us? God knoweth us. God seeth us. How about that? God knows everything. He's always in the affairs of men. He knows it before you do it, after you, even when you think about it. Surely your turning of things upside down shall be esteemed as the potter's clay, for shall the work say of him that made it, he made me not, nor shall the things framed say of him that framed it, he has no understanding. God made you. God made everything in the world. God is the creator of all things. If you don't understand that, you are in real trouble. You turn things upside down as if the potter were thought to be like the clay. The potter, which is Jesus Christ, the creator, shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, you did not make me. How? How can you be talking that and saying that? Can the pot say to the potter, you know nothing? Oh, look at that. Judah was more committed to the formality of worship than the true spiritual nature of worship experience. The people had rejected obedience to God's commandment and had no interest in pleasing God, yet they considered themselves righteous because of their membership and participation in the feast days and rituals of the Jewish faith community. Let's think about something Today is Mother's Day. What about the riches of Mother's Day? How many of you are really loving and taking and doing the things for your mothers that you need to do? How many husbands are really doing the things for the mothers of their children, their wives, huh? Other than the surface type stuff that's not real, that's fake when it comes to mothers, Empty rituals Is it truly that you really love your mother? Think about it. If you love it, you show it, you do it. Do you this is just lip service when it comes to your mother? Think about it. They gathered to go through the motions of public worship but had no genuine relationship with God. How about that? Do you have a genuine relationship of love and caring with your mother? Judah worship did not come from a committed heart, but from the sense of habit for appearance and rule-keeping and tradition. Real worship is about entering God's presence and expressing heartfelt love and adoration for God. Thinking themselves to be wise, the people could quote the scriptures and know the right words to say, but their hearts had no true devotion to God. Isaiah declared that God had rejected their so-called wisdom that's yes, in verse fourteen. The people took no thought of God's omnipotence and his awareness of their empty religion. That's in verse 14, 14, 15. They twisted the scripture to justify themselves and regarded themselves as equal to God. In verse sixteen, their secret plan denied God's sovereign authority and exposed them as believing that they were on the same level with him. Oh what a mistake. Without appropriate reverence for God's holiness and authority, there can be no proper worship. Acceptable worship requires that the right perspective of who God is and an understanding of our relative place in their relationship. Because Judah lost sight of God, their worship became nothing more than routine, empty rituals. Have you lost sight of God? It's a personal question for you. Have you lost sight of God? If so, your worship is an empty ritual. As a result, they have forfeited many blessings and faced God's bitter judgment against them. Loss of blessings plus judgment. How about that? An adult question for you. Who received applause in your corporate worship setting? Worship leaders are God. Who or what is the benefit of any distracted, insincere worship? Who, if anyone, does it benefit? Nobody. Let's look at Isaiah 29, chapter 17 through the 24th verse. Here we go. It is not yet a very little or while and Lebanon shall be turned into a fruitful field. And the fruitful field shall be steamed at a forest. And in that day shall the deaf hear the words of the book, and the eyes of the blind shall see out of obscurity and out of darkness. Looking at restoration here. The meek shall increase their joy in the Lord, and the poor among men shall rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. The change is taking place now in these scriptures from the Old judah to the new for the terrible one is brought to us not and the scorner is consumed and all that watch for iniquity are cut off oh people love to see people fall don't they people love to see people do wrong god's gonna stop all of that one day just like he's gonna be stopping it now with judah that makes a man an offender for a word, and lay a snare for him that approveth in the gate, and turn aside the just for a thing of naught. Fake folks, fake folks doing fake stuff, doing things unreal. In other words, taking glee and happiness and folks doing wrong. All of that's going to stop. It's going to stop one day, and it's stopping with Judah. God's telling them what's going. Isaiah's telling them what's going to take place with them. They were wrong. Now they're going to correct it. They're going to do right, they They didn't want to do right, they didn't want to do the things of what God wanted. now they're going to be wanting to do it. A change of heart. God's going to do that. He can do the same thing in you and I. All right. That makes a man an offender for a word and lay a snare for him, for him that reports at the gate. Have you ever laid a snare for somebody? Therefore, thus said the Lord who redeemed Abraham concerning the house of Jacob, Jacob shall not now be ashamed, neither shall his face nor wax pale. A change for Jacob. How about that? A change God can do it. But when he sees his children the works of mine hand in the midst of him, they shall sanctify my name and sanctify the holy one of Jacob, and shall fear the God of Israel. They also, that error in spirit, shall come to understanding, and they that murmur shall learn doctrine. Murmuring, rebellious, talking back. Um, How about that? Are you a person that complains about everything? Murmuring, complaining all the time. How about that? Those who are wayward in spirit will gain understanding. Those who complain will accept instruction. Are you a complainer? Are you accepting instructions? Will you accept instructions? Okay. Against the backdrop of God's impending discipline of Judas, Isaiah abruptly predicted a future transformation that will be vastly different based on the verse that follows many believers that the phrase in a short time refers to God's eternal kingdom. Isaiah prophesied that God would someday intervene to transfer Judah, reversing things for her good. Using figurative language, Isaiah described the change using the illustration of Lebanon being turned into a fertile field. How about that? Symbolic place of joy, understanding, and justice. The spiritual impairment that prevented Judah from receiving the word would have been removed. The afflicted and needy would experience joy instead of oppression, and their oppressors would be cut off. Look at God. Look what he's doing. God can change things, even today, even today with COVID going on, even today. The afflicted and needy would experience joy instead of oppression. How about that? This prophesized transformation would also remove the nation's stigma of disgrace and relieve their forefathers' shame over their wickedness. Look at God, what He can do and what He did do. And that they, the wayward and complainers, would be teachable and acquire the capacity to perceive spiritual things. God's people would participate in true rather than empty worship because they will have been transformed. Transformed, I say it again, transformed by God's grace. Grace. How about that? Unmerited. Believers today have the opportunity to be transformed through true worship and to avoid offending God with mere lip service and empty rituals. Real worship transforms worshipers by bringing them into God's presence. No one can encounter God through worship and remain unchanged. How about that? How about that? How can experience in spiritual worship become the focus rather than a feel-good experience? Oh, man. How can experiencing spiritual worship, it can be a transforming experience? How about that? When things have continued in the same way for a long time, it is hard to imagine a dramatic reversal. Think about what has been going on before COVID plague expelled us out of the churches. How about it? Out of the church building, I said, and sent you to the church in your heart, the real church, God's church, Jesus' church, the church in which God is the head, real head. How have the events of the last 12 months reminded you that God has the power to turn things upside down? (laughs) I love that. The last twelve months, COVID nineteen, how about it, has turned things upside down. Church services. Folks don't know whether to go comes, do whatever saints you, they will. But if you know God, you know exactly what to do. You worship him in times of good, bad and ugly. When you think about the holiness of God, what are your what are you compelled to do? give at least two examples honor God worship God sincere worship of God worship God not the things that God created worship the creator not the things that were created okay Uh, this week take a personal inventory of your understanding of what real worship is and what it involves Your worship is not validated by the place or style of music, the choir, the size of the crowd, the charismatic of the preacher, but by the condition and sincerity of your heart and your relationship with God. Always remember that God only accepts our worship when it is offered in a spirit and in truth. You can only worship God in spirit and in truth. Okay? Truth, real, spirit, the power of Christ. To see the truth that leads you to all truth, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, which He left here for you when He ascended into heaven. He's coming back, but He left you a Comforter, and it's called the Holy Spirit. In the church today, much is being written, discussed, and even debated about worship. Congregations have been divided over how to worship and what style of music should be used. The solution to this challenge, challenge is a simple focus on the one whom we worship, rather than on the way in which we worship Him. God does not care about the rhythm of the song, the length of the prayer being offered, or the delivery style who mm-hmm. preaches His Word. Look at this, look at this. He's not talking about the truth of the Word Caught up in the style and the riff, the boom, bah, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, come on. Get with it. God wants true worship. Are you worshiping God in truth and in spirit? God does not care about the rhythm. Look at that. His words deliver his style, he preaches his word. What is his, What he desires is a heart that delights in his presence and overflows with love for him. God does not care about the rhythm of the song, the length of the prayer being offered, or the delivery style of those who preach his word. Look at that. What he desires is a heart that delights in his presence and overflows with love for him. Real worship. I had to repeat that. I'm I'm reminded about repeating things, but sometimes it has to repeat it to drive the point home. Talk is cheap. God is more concerned with the sentiments of the heart than the words of the mouth. It is time for a checkup. Examine your heart and measure your overall spiritual heart by the standards of God's word. How healthy are you? Do not allow your worship to become shallow, hollow, and empty. Any true desire to know and obey God's word, but really hear what God has said to you. All right, God has always desired for his people to be restored to him. Isaiah foretold a time when the hearts of God's people would be so open to him that even the unsaved would stand in awe of their God. All right, make sure you get ready for next week's Sunday, May the 16th lesson. And it's uh, the consequences of giving challenging advice. The consequences of giving challenging advice. The devotional reading is Jeremiah 38 chapter, verses 7 through 13, 39 chapter, 15 through 18 verse. The background scripture are Jeremiah 37 chapter and 38 verse. And the printed text is Jeremiah 38 chapter, verses 14 through 23. And don't forget about your daily readings, home Bible daily readings for Monday, May the 10th. Of the Apostle Speaks Truth to the Council. That'll come out of Acts, the fourth chapter, 13th through the 22nd verse. And let me remind you uh, guys here, uh, we thank you all for um, following the um, Sunday School lesson that we do uh, every Sunday. And if you have questions, I have I have not had one person ask a single question respond in any manner. Maybe I've missed it, but anyway, thank you all for listening and being a part of this study. But if you have questions, we uh, very much would appreciate your participation. We discussed briefly um, among uh, myself, uh, Mary, and uh, Miss Nikki about possible uh, others teaching the Sunday school lesson via uh, internet, uh, maybe Miss Howard, Miss Ernestine, or Miss Nikki. Either way, um, I have been doing it for quite a while, and, and not that I want to stop, but I would welcome others that want to teach the Sunday school and that have the passage to teach it. All right, let's go. Let's go back to Tuesday, May 11th. Prophet Jeremiah is arrested and imprisoned. That's in Jeremiah 37, 37th chapter, verses 11 through 16. Then on Wednesday, May the 12th, Ebed, Melak, trust in Jeremiah, is honored. All right. Then on Thursday, May the 13th, Jeremiah reaffirms the prophecy of Zedekiah. Friday, May the 14th, Jeremiah last days in Jerusalem. That's all out of Jeremiah. Then on Saturday, May the 15th, it goes to 2nd King. Jerusalem is destroyed and the people are exiled as a result of sin. Uh, this, that's why that is happening. Isaiah prophesied, but I told them about that. Sunday, May the sixteenth, Zedekiah must submit to Babylon conquest. Alright. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, thank you all. And um, we hope that um, in the coming days in Sunday school lesson, uh, those that have the capacity to teach, will step forward and uh, begin to bring the Sunday school lesson in a digital form as well. On behalf of all of us here at Antioch, Pastor Oliver and First Lady and all of the deacons and everybody at Antioch, we thank you. And uh, we're going to close with our, our prayer. And don't forget, the consequence of giving challenging advice, closing prayer. Dear God, you created it created us to worship you. You forgave us for allowing so many distractions to block our focus when we gather to worship you. Help us to acknowledge you as the worthy focus of our worship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, take care. God bless. And enjoy the service today. Again, happy Mother's Day. God bless.